Well, once again, thank you so much to all of those who have been helping to put our worship service together, uh, and especially for those who are part of the service today, uh, to our uh, district superintendent, Reverend Fabiola Grandin Mayer, for reading our scripture lesson in Spanish, um, for Abigail Park, um, who read our scripture today in Korean, um, and for Wendy Vemeyer, who was our liturgist this morning, reading our scripture in English. Thank you for sharing with us and for, um, for reading the scripture in different ways this morning. Uh, thank you also to our musicians uh, who've been a part of the service, uh, for those who have been singing, uh, for our playing, uh, for Dave Redmore who provided our special music for today, and of course, as always, to Gary Brubaker who has been putting these, uh, these pieces together for us. Thank you for your work. And it's wonderful to be able to offer these uh, additional pieces to our worship service. Well, um, we are closing out our series today, um, our series Food for Thought, as we've been talking about some of the things that folks have been cooking or baking as they've been sheltering in place. Um, we've talked about uh, cakes and casseroles and breads uh, and, and also how they relate within scripture. And so this morning on Pentecost Sunday, we close talking about s'mores and of course, Pentecost. So would you pray with me? God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, um, I don't know how you have felt, but as we have been sheltering in place, I have lost track of time. Uh, sometimes I've forgotten what day it is, um, what, um, what week it is. Uh, and I know that I've talked with people at times and I said, oh yeah, I just talked to so-and-so last week or was it the week before or maybe it was three weeks ago, I can't remember. Um, sometimes time just seems like it scrunches together and it just feels strange. Uh, maybe you felt the same way, but I was thinking about that also, um, remembering last week was Memorial Day and I forgot that until even this weekend. Uh, I kept thinking that this weekend was Memorial Day, but I have lost track of time. <laughs> um, keeping the church calendar has helped a little bit. That, that's helped to keep me some of the rhythms of what our schedule looks like uh, for when Lent was and when we were in Holy Week and Easter and today is Pentecost. Now in the church, we have what's called the liturgical calendar, and it keeps track of our holidays um, and our seasons within the church. So um, you may know this calendar really well. Maybe this is something that also helps to provide you some rhythm and some structure. Um, but if not, today is Pentecost Sunday. Um, it enters us into the season of the church known as ordinary time. Um, or sometimes it's called the season after Pentecost or the season of Pentecost. Um, and this season of ordinary time, we are in until Advent. Um, now, uh, in, in the liturgical calendar, not only do we have these seasons or holidays in there, but we also have colors that are associated with each of the seasons. So the color associated with or ordinary time is green. Uh, Lent is usually purple. Advent is either blue or purple, um, and uh, we have some of the other holidays that are white. Um, but then there's and then there's Pentecost, and Pentecost color is 
red, you know, red for fire probably. Um, but it's the, the, the color of the season, the color of the holiday. So um, what is Pentecost? And if you've been in church for a while, and this may be something that you're very familiar with, or maybe it's not, maybe it's something that's new for you to know. There's also, I think, two different answers. There's the New Testament answer for what is Pentecost, and there's the Old Testament answer for what is Pentecost. And in order to understand the New Testament answer, we should first know what the Old Testament answer is. So, um, in the Old Testament, um, or the Hebrew Bible is sometimes what it's called, but in the Old Testament, there is, there's this man named Moses. And Moses was a great prophet, uh, and he was called to help free the Israelite people from slavery. You may remember some of Moses' story in, uh, as he went to go and ask Pharaoh to let my people go, and Pharaoh refused to let my people, to let God's people go. There were 10 plagues that were sent upon Egypt, um, ending in the death of the firstborn child. Um, and ultimately, after those 10 plagues, then Pharaoh let the people go. Now, the Jewish people still remember this story in a holiday called Passover, where the angel of death passed over those homes uh, that uh, complied with what, what they were called to do to put the blood of the lamb over their door frame. So the angel of death passed over those places and the firstborn wasn't killed. So uh, the Passover was also probably the festival that Jesus was remembering with his disciples in what would have been their last supper together. The story of Passover is one that is a major story of the Jewish people. It's a story of slavery to freedom and how God cares for God's people. And those are really two big and major themes throughout uh, the, the stories of the Old Testament but the story of the, the scriptures in general of how to lead from slavery to freedom and how God cares for God's people. So after their freedom, after the Israelites left Egypt, the Israelite people wandered around the desert for 40 years. And during that time, God provided for them at Mount Sinai, uh, God provided for them, and at Mount Sinai, they received the law from God through Moses. And so the festival, remembering this, was, uh, remember this, remembering this, um, the Torah um, or the Holy Scriptures given to the people is called the Festival of Weeks. In Hebrew, that word is Shavuot, or in Greek, the word is Pentecost. The holiday is when the law came to the people. So this wasn't a Christian holiday, at least at first. The Jewish people gathered together in Jerusalem, continuing to remember their stories and continuing to remember who they are as they wait for something that, well, they just don't know quite what they're waiting for. So the story uh, in our scripture lesson for this morning, after Jesus' death and resurrection, they're waiting together in this house. And it's the day when the, the story tells us the day that the Holy Spirit came in with a mighty rushing wind to the waiting disciples. 
remembering how Jesus said to them, I will not leave you orphaned. There is one who is coming to you, the advocate, the Holy Spirit will give you everything that you need. This is the advocate that, the whole, that Jesus had promised. The Holy Spirit promised to be this connection to Jesus, to remind of Jesus's message and also to call to witness. Now, could you imagine being in that place with the disciples on that first Pentecost? To be sitting and waiting and, and maybe just still unsure of everything that had been going on. You're still just trying to wrap your mind around what just happened. Maybe just trying to catch your breath and then all of a sudden this mighty rushing wind. And not just wind, but fire. There are tongues of fire that touched each of the disciples and rested on everyone's head so that they could understand one another even in their own language, even if they had never been able to understand each other before. This is a remarkable scene. I mean, if they were unsure of everything that had been happening before, Oh my goodness, so much more. I mean, think about everything that they've been through. They've been through living and breathing and walking next to and learning from their teacher, from Jesus. And then Jesus was killed. And then they were grieving his loss and grieving, believing that this person who had been the Messiah, who was supposed to change everything, and, and suddenly he was, he was gone. And then three days later, he's back again and he's been resurrected and everything that they've known about life and death itself is totally different and everything has changed. And then after that, then Jesus ascends into heaven and, and is once again gone. And what do they do? I mean, what do you do? It was probably very confusing and then to be in this scenario, feeling the spirit rushing in like a mighty wind or tongues of fire, understanding people in their own language, I'm sure that there was much confusion of even those who were sitting there in that room. And certainly there was confusion and frustration um, for those who might be just witnessing this. I mean, in fact, someone says, oh, don't worry about them. They're just filled with new wine. Those people who are witnessing this event and the enthusiasm of the disciples dismissed it as, oh, they're just drunk. Just ignore them. So now these disciples don't just have to wrestle with this new understanding that they find themselves in, but they have to, they're, they're dealing with the explanation to other people. How do you do this? We can't be drunk. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. This is complicated. It's a crazy story. How do you do this? I mean, I, I think thinking about being one of those disciples, I, I might even wonder just who I am. You're questioning my sanity of what am I experiencing? What's going on? And then Peter gets up. He gets up to speak and to tell everyone what's going on. Peter has had quite the journey throughout his time with Jesus and his ministry and following. Uh, Peter is quite impulsive. He's often the first one to act. And 
And there's been a change in Peter from the last few times that we've seen him in the scriptures. He's great. He's gained some confidence. Um, he's gained the uh, ability to speak authoritatively in public. And Peter has certainly been a work in progress from his, his time as a fisherman to a preacher and a teacher, from his time denying Jesus to proclaiming Jesus' message in the middle of Jerusalem. Some might ask what got into Peter. Was he filled with new wine or filled with the Holy Spirit? So in order to know this story, we have to know that story. That story of the Torah, the story of Moses. The Torah was the revelation of God. It was how people knew God. And in this story in the New Testament of Pentecost, Jesus has been the revelation of God. And the Spirit continues to reveal God and calls us to reflect that revelation. In our passage, we have the quoting of the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men dream dreams. When was the last time that you took the time to dream or to wonder? Now, when we go into survival mode, we often lose our sense of wonder or our ability to wonder. And there is no judgment in that. We are doing just what we can to survive. And perhaps during the time of our shelter in place, that was something that you were doing, was just trying to survive. And maybe that's something you're still just trying to do. For the disciples, they were in such whirlwinds that it was all they could do to survive. Until they were surprised by the Spirit. And, and maybe that's what we need. Wonder and imagination have the ability to surprise us and to bring us into the present. I think in some ways, wonder and imagination and dreaming have the ability to wake us up. Now, when we think about wonder and imagination, we don't always think of that in the most positive ways. Get your head out of the clouds or wake up, stop dreaming, stop messing around. But there's something about wonder and imagination. Now, it can help us escape reality. And that may not always be helpful. But we can use imagination and wonder to escape where we find ourselves. Or we can use wonder and imagination to help create reality. To imagine the future to imagine the world as it could be. And how do we help make it that way? God declares, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men dream dreams. 
What are the dreams that you've been having? What are you wondering about? What are you imagining? Now, maybe during this time of shelter, um, s'mores may not have been something that you've thought too much about. Nor would it be something that maybe you associate with Pentecost or with church at all. They're a sweet treat of graham crackers and marshmallows and chocolates. Um, now that's in its most basic. Um, there are certainly other variations of it, of what s'mores look like and what s'mores are created with. You make a s'more by taking two graham crackers, adding some chocolates, Sometimes you add two chocolates. And then you take your marshmallow. I'm gonna place our marshmallow right on top of the chocolate here. You know how to make a s'more, right? And we're gonna just, you know, roast our marshmallow. So you have your roasted marshmallow and your chocolate and your graham cracker and you smush that. I probably could have roasted it a little bit longer, but you smush that together. And it's a delicious, um, sugary, melty, chocolatey, messy sort of treat. Uh, and treat is probably the, the best word to describe this. This is not something that you are eating every day. But a treat. Now, again, this is probably not something that you think about necessarily when you think about Pentecost or church, but there is a connection, <laughs> not just the fire, <laughs> but it is fire. Some of the early parts of our history as the church, especially in the United States, happened around campfires. It happened around what were called camp services. In the early histories of the church in the United States, we began around campfires. And it still was a, it still was a part of our, our identity, especially as Methodists, to, to have these campfire services. And it's not just a past part of our history, but camping and camping ministry is still a vital part of our identity as people of faith, as United Methodists. I mean, even as things look differently today, it's part of who we are. And maybe you remember some of these campfire services. Maybe you remember going to them uh, at, and being a part of camping ministries at Oakdale or at Camp Reynolds Wood or Wesley Woods. Maybe that's a part of your story. It's a part of our story. Maybe you enjoy camping as an activity with family and friends. And I don't know that I have ever been camping or gone to camp where it doesn't include a fire for warmth, for protection, 
maybe for cooking or for food, but also for telling stories around the fire. Maybe it's stories of the gospel or the stories of scripture. Or maybe it's our own stories of transformation, of how Jesus has changed our lives and our commitment to living as faithful disciples. Or maybe singing songs around campfires. Some of the songs of our, of our childhood are the songs of our faith. There was community that was built around those fires. Dreaming dreams, wondering, imagining. Rabbi Abraham Heschel, Abraham Joshua Heschel, he once famously said, never once in my life did I ask God for success or wisdom or power or fame. I asked for wonder and he gave it to me. Our goal isn't to finish to-do lists, which is sometimes really satisfying. Our goal is to sit and wonder at the world around us, to be amazed at the beauty of creation and awe in what is happening all around us and what we get to be a part of. Maybe drawing in chalk on the driveways or blowing bubbles. I think we've seen some beautiful ways to wonder during this time. Creations in windows, art on the sidewalk, ways that people have been creative in what they've been doing and living. I think it's easier to love the world around us when we're captivated by its beauty. What dreams are you dreaming, especially during this time? How are you dreaming and imagining the world as it could be? And in dreaming and imagining, we are also called. How will you help something new to be born? How will you create what you're dreaming and you're imagining and wondering? Around the campfire, when we share those dreams and hopes and wonders and imaginings, think that there's usually that statement like, oh, someone should do something about that. And yes, someone should. And what if you are that someone? How can you make the world better here and now and for the future? In Pentecost, we call the birthday of the church, the day that we celebrate the church being commissioned to do what Jesus had been telling us to do the whole time to baptize, to make disciples, and to change the world. The way that the Old Testament puts it is to be a blessing that blesses others. How do we do that? How do we live that mission today when we might be separate from one another or things have gotten challenging or complicated? Well, first, nothing is impossible with God. And the church has not stopped being the church. And God has not stopped calling people to be a part of the church and a part of the work that God is doing. And we do that in so many different ways. We do that through our connection with FACC, the Freeport Area Church Co-op. We do that through Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts. We do that through Sunday school, through different classes and Bible studies and small groups. We do that in conversations with one another crying with those who cry, 
laughing with those who laugh. We do that through seeking and doing justice where there isn't justice. We do that for, by caring for the lonely, giving to those who are in need, advocating for those voices who have been silenced by dreaming and wondering and imagining, by being and answering the call of God. Now, for a birthday party, which is usually a celebration, a friend of mine started a tradition um, that I ask now every time that there's a birthday. Um, where they, She asked the person whose birthday it is, what have you learned over the past year? And what do you want to learn or do differently in the year to come? And I think those are good questions that we can ask as the church also. How do we want to rededicate ourselves to make a difference in the world? And after the person answers those questions, we usually eat dessert. And usually at a birthday, there is at least one candle and we light the candles with fire and we celebrate. It's beautiful and it's dangerous, just like the Holy Spirit. And so this morning, maybe we're not touched with literal fires. And yet, the Spirit invites us to join the dance of life. So may we all be invigorated with the passion of the Spirit, dreaming dreams and wondering, imagining. It only takes a spark. So may you be surprised by the Spirit and may that spark burst into a flame and may it be contagious and it may spread that we provide this, this spread of goodness, of justice, of mercy. And may you know that you are blessed to be a blessing to others. Amen. <laughs>